Hello and welcome to the Study Apply Thrive podcast. I am Vita Cash, your host. I am the co-pastor and first lady at Flow Church, and I am excited to share this word with you on today. If you've never been with us before, welcome to this community. We are a group of brilliant women who love to read, who love to learn, who love to pursue the will of God for our lives. We want to get better in every way of life. We want to give more to our communities. We want to give more to our families. We want to be our best like you are in good company. So go ahead and grab your Bible, a cup of tea, a beautiful pen and a journal, and let's get ready to get into the word of God. Everybody and welcome to today's episode of Study Apply Thrive. I am so excited to share the word with you on today. Our title for today is Being Fair with Yourself. And if you've been listening to the episode since December, I shared with you that I had a passionate goal for myself that also included you, that I wanted to help you make your mental and emotional health a priority this year. And I know that you have written goals. And if you don't have written goals at the end of this podcast, please set aside some time this week to create some actual written goals. Don't have them in your mind or in your heart. I want you to actually put them down on paper or type them into your phone or your electronic device or wherever you want to put them. But I want you to have written goals. And at the very top of the list, it doesn't have to be number one, but it at least needs to be in the top three. I want you to put your put your emotional and mental health at the very top of the list. It is so important for you to be mentally and emotionally well. And all throughout 2020 with the pandemic and all the things that came with that, with layoffs and shifts in employment and distance learning and homeschooling and teleworking and uh, wearing masks and all the, you guys were there, you, you all know all the stuff that was going on and that is continuing to go on now into um, 2021. It was an emotional strain for a lot of people, especially if you're a caregiver either for your children or if you're a caregiver for your parents or whomever you may be taking care of. It seemed like for so many women, you were a short order cook, a chauffeur, um, a cle- uh, the custodial staff. You had to be the librarian. You had to also be the technology person for the television. In addition to doing whatever you usually were doing before the pandemic, if you were running a career or if you were the manager of your home or a business owner or serving in ministry, those other things didn't go away simply because you now had to increase your caregiving uh, capacity and your caregiving assignment. And so I want to be sure that this year, because we don't know how COVID is going to pan out, but we do know the favor and the consistency of our God. So we're going to be just fine. As believers, we are going to be and we are just fine. But I still want you to make a conscious and intentional effort to be sure you're taking care of yourself mentally and emotionally. And so we've been doing a series of teachings, just giving you nuggets on how to achieve that, on how to do that. So today I want to talk about being fair with yourself. Our last podcast, we talked about forgiving yourself. But now I want to talk to you about being fair with yourself because there's a tendency for us to be too harsh with ourselves and we we will talk to ourselves in ways that we would never talk to other people or we can go the other way and have a tendency to be too lenient with ourselves. We all need rest, but do we need a whole month's worth of rest? We all need to give ourselves grace, but do we need to give ourselves so much grace that the laundry is almost touching the ceiling because we've given ourselves enough grace that we haven't done laundry in literally six weeks? 
And so I want to help you learn how to be fair with yourself because learning to be fair with yourself will keep you from getting frustrated with yourself. And if you've never been frustrated with yourself, we thank God for you. But for the rest of us, we have had opportunities to be frustrated with ourselves. Oh man, why did I eat that? Oh man, why didn't I eat that? Why didn't I work out? Why did I overwork out? Now I have a muscle uh, strain or, you know, why didn't I go to bed? I could have watched that TV later. Or why did I just lay in the bed all day long? Why didn't I do this? Why did I do that? And there's a back and forth battle with ourselves of asking ourselves, why, 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 why? And it could be on either side. You could be asking yourself, why did I do so much? Or why didn't I do enough? Or I don't know what I'm doing. I have no clue what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just existing, getting up every day, doing the rote things that I know to do, taking a shower, getting dressed, feeding people, calling people, texting people, checking in with work or whatever. But I want you to be able to thrive. This podcast is called Study, Apply, Thrive because we know that when we study and apply the word of God, that we have the empowerment from our God to thrive in every area of life. And having a cycle of constantly being frustrated with yourself, of constantly second guessing your decisions or replaying conversations in your mind, thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe I should have said that, but getting to a place that you can just be fair with yourself and be settled in who you are, is going to really just take your emotional and mental health to another level. You'll see your stress level go down. You'll see your blood pressure go down. You'll see your energy level go up. Your your ability to be optimistic will go up. You'll be more hopeful because you're not constantly having this internal battle of am I doing the right thing? So let's open the Bible. Let's start at the start for the Bible. As always, we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 11. And I am reading from the Passion Translation. And we're going to just read verse one. And we're going to start there and we'll talk about it and we'll dive back in. So verse one of Proverbs 11 in the Passion Translation says, to set standards for someone else and then not live up to them yourself is something that God truly hates. But it pleases him when we apply the right standards of measure. So did y'all hear that? It says to set standards for someone else and then not live up them live up to them for yourself is something that God truly hates. But it pleases him when we apply the right standards of measure. So here we are under we get an understanding that God expects for us to have standards in our lives and that he hates it when we have a standard for someone else that we don't live up to for ourselves. Let me just give a couple of simple examples that I'm sure applies to absolutely nobody listening, but you can kind of still glean from it because you know somebody who does this, but I know it don't apply to y'all. If you've ever gone to someone's house and said, oh my goodness, they have so many dishes in the sink, but at your house, you have dishes in the sink and across the counter and on the back counter on the island on the counter you have cups in your bedroom you have cups on your nightstand you have dirty uh dirty um to go cups in your car but you go to someone else's house and see just a couple dishes in the sink and you're like i can't believe they didn't clean up before i came that's having a different standard having a standard that someone else should clean up for your presence but then in your very own home you don't clean up for yourself i know doesn't apply to anybody here nobody does that 
Another example, I can't believe she didn't comb her head before she came out here, in, in, out here at the grocery store with such and such on her hair or didn't comb her hair, but you forgot to use lotion. So <laughs> we're talking about grooming and you have a standard for someone else that they groom properly, but then you can, because your intention was so good, don't have to do it. Okay. Of course, none of y'all, none of y'all moving on to a different example that I can't believe that she didn't respond to my text right away, but it's been three weeks since you responded to someone's text. Or I can't believe that she spoke so harshly with me, but yet your tongue is sharp and can be piercing. So here are just some little simple examples, and I know they don't apply to anybody here that you have a standard for someone else, but you're not following that same standard for your life. And so the Bible is saying here that God hates that. And I know we said we're going to be talking about being fair with ourselves, but we're talking about standards. What's the connection? In order to be fair with yourself, you have to establish a ground zero or a middle ground. You have to know where you need to be so that you can discern if you've gone too far to the left or too far to the right. And one of the reasons that it is difficult for some people to be fair with themselves is because they don't understand where their middle ground is or what their ground zero is. And so they're just kind of all over the place. And that in itself can be very frustrating. Um, if you are, I'm an educator, and if you are an educator, you'll get this, or if you have children, or if you just remember when you were in school, you would sometimes take placement tests so that the teacher or the tutor or the educator could get an assessment of where you where you were functioning. They can get an understanding of where you are so they can know how to challenge you. They wanted to be sure the work that they were giving you were, was fair work. They wanted to be sure that it wasn't too far ahead of where you were or it wasn't too far behind where you were. They did a placement test to get a baseline for where you were so that the work that they were giving you could challenge you. And what that baseline is was setting a standard that on any given day, this student can achieve or this student can perform at this particular level. And so when I'm being fair with this student, I'm going to use this baseline as my measuring point. I'm going to use this baseline as my home base. So when they achieve more, I can celebrate them and say, hey, I can see you're doing more. When they achieve right here, I know that they're just doing what's average for them. And when they achieve below that, I can push them forward to move forward because I know that they can do more. And for so many of us, we have not established a baseline for our own life or a standard for our life. So let me define for you what a standard is, because in order to be fair with yourself, you have to be willing to set to assess and set standards for yourself. A standard, and I'm just reading this from the dictionary. I didn't write this definition. It's just the dictionary definition. It says a standard is a system or a rule for measuring the quality, weight, extent, value, or quality of something. Again, it was quantity, weight, extent, value, or quality. And so it's just you sitting down, setting a standard for what is the quality, the value, or the quality of quantity or quality of how I want to keep my home. How do I want to keep my car? What should my weight be? What is the standard for how I'm going to groom my hair? What's just the standard for me? What about my nails? What about my attitude? What about my study time? What about my TV time? What about my reading time? What about my communications with the people that I love? What about the time I spend with my spouse? What about how I spend time with my children? 
the quality, the value, and the quantity. And I, I, I want to challenge you to begin by setting standards. Now, I know I told you that you needed some written goals, but now I'm telling you, you need some written standards. Yeah, well, you're worth it. Taking the time to become the best you, it is not something that you can do overnight, but you're so worth the effort. And so I want you to set some standards for yourself. And now standards, and this is a misconception that we can have, standards is not the top, that the best of the best of what you want. It is not that your dream job, it is not your dream house, it is not your dream car, it is not your dream credit score, it is not any of that. It is what the baseline is for you, that at the baseline, I can't go below this. There's always going to be room for me to grow. There's always going to be room for me to get better, to make more money, to improve, to improve my study time, to improve my fasting, to improve my prayer, to improve my credit score. But at the bare minimum, I can't go below this. And when you establish that baseline of I can't go below this, then it empowers you to be fair with yourself because you have a measure, you have a standard, you have a system by which you're judging yourself. And without that standard, without that measure, without that baseline, you can be very unfair to yourself because you can beat yourself up and say, oh, I need to spend more time in the word without realizing that you Go to Sunday service at Flow Church. You've been to two study groups this week. You've listened to three podcasts this week. You've evangelized and you're reading a book. So really you're doing above your baseline, but because you haven't written down a baseline, because you don't have a standard, a written system for how you uh, measure yourself, a, sit, a written system for how you rate yourself, you can beat yourself up and say, oh, I need to spend more time with the Lord, not realizing that you're spending a very fair amount of time with the Lord and God is pleased with that. So you have to be willing to have a standard. And again, it can't be, well, my standard is that I only eat at five-star restaurants. Well, the honest truth is you don't have time to go to a five-star restaurant every week. So there's going to be a time that you may have to go to a fast food place. You might have to go and pick up something. But what's going to be the baseline? What's going to be the, I can't go below this. I can't go like, Pastor Russell does not like food trucks. Y'all pray for him. He does not like food trucks. He says they don't have any electricity. So that means that they don't have enough hot water. So he can't eat there. So my, me and my kids, we like food trucks. But the standard for him is when we go to food trucks, he drives us to the trucks or walks with us to the truck. He watches us eat the food. But his standard is he's not eating from a food truck. He would rather be hungry for another hour and go to a brick and mortar restaurant before he eats from a food truck. That is his standard. So now if he's hungry, he doesn't get upset with himself that I'm hungry and we're full because he was measuring his behavior and doing what he felt was right based on his standard. So your standard can't be that I only eat at five-star restaurants. Your standard can't be that I only wear designer clothes because there are going to be times that you might have to shop at another place and that can be your baseline. And so you have to be willing to take the time to do that. Now, if you have a piece of paper I just want you any piece of paper. You're not going to keep it. You're not going to do your standards on this. I want you just for, uh, I'm a visual learner. And so I use a lot of visual aids to help other people learn. I want you to draw a line on the paper straight across. You can do it vertical. You can do it horizontal. It doesn't matter. But as straight as you can, draw a straight line from one end to the other. And I want you to go all the way across the paper, all the way across. Now that you've done that, I want you to fold that paper in half. Fold it in half going against the line that you just drew. 
So you're going to be making a perpendicular fold against the paper. You guys can tell I'm a homeschooler. So you're going to make a perpendicular fold against the line you just drew. So when you unfold it, it looks like a big T in the middle or it looks like a cross. So you have your written line that you... um that, that you drew across and then you have your folded line that you folded and those two lines should cross each other like an intersection and create a perpendicular uh, a perpendicular line there. So that point right in the middle, the point right in the middle of the fold and the line, that is where your standard lies. That's where your standard lies for your credit score, for your finances, for your ministry service, for your eating, for your working out, for your sleep, for whatever. When you go all the way over to the right of the paper with the line, with the folded line going up and down, the folded line is now going uh, vertical and your your uh, written line is horizontal. When you go all the way over to the far right, that is your overachievement area. When you go all the way over to the left, that is your underachievement area. So when you're measuring how you're doing with any area of your life, you have to start right in the middle, at that very middle point. That is your standard. That's your baseline for what you should be doing. And I want you to do this for the areas of your life that are most important to you and specifically for the areas of your life that you struggle with. So for example... If you really want to be healthier and you want to work out more, right in the middle of that paper, right at your baseline, I want you to put there that I'm going to work out three days a week, or I'm going to work out 20 minutes a day, or I'm going to walk 5,000 steps a day, or whatever is going to be your standard. It's not my standard. It's not the standard that you saw in an article. It's not the standard that you saw on somebody's blog or you heard somebody interview. It's the standard that you know, at the bare minimum, this is what I can do. This is my standard. And it would be beneath me to go lower than this. And it would be a plus if I go above this. I'd be considering myself an overachiever. But this is going to be my standard. And I want you to write it right in the middle of the paper. And let's just use, for example, let's just all use um, working out. So a standard for me, personally, is I'm going to work out four days a week. Now, I am getting to the point, and this is a praise report, I'm getting to the point that I actually enjoy working out. If you've been a part of this ministry any period of time, you know that working out is not my friend. And the main reason is not my friend. It's because of my hair. <laughs> because I have natural hair and I don't want to be have a big poof. And then I just... I just think sitting down is better than standing up, <laughs> just to be honest. But I'm getting to the point now that I've been working out consistently with my baby girl. She's been coaching me. She's 10 and she's like, come on, mommy, you can do it. You can do it. And it has become a really good mommy daughter time and it's become a good family time. So now we're all working out together at the minimum. The standard is this is the minimum. The standard is I work out with her. And then if the guys come and join us and it becomes a family activity, okay, now we're in the overflow. But the standard is that at least four times a week, I'm working out with her. And I'm getting to the point now that I really enjoy working out because I set that standard. And it wasn't me just beating myself up. Oh, I need to work. I need to work out. I need to work out. I had a standard that I'm going to get up go down in the basement, go into that gym, and she and I are going to work out at least 30 minutes together. Even if it means we're just jumping around, skipping and doing flips and having fun, I'm moving my body. 
But without that standard, I could let a month go by and say, I'm giving myself grace. I need time to rest. Well, I don't need that much time to rest. I don't need to move my body. And so I want you to do that for working out. I want you to do that for healthy eating. I want you to do that for your prayer time. I want you to do it for your giving. Like, What is the standard for your giving to the kingdom of God? Is it going to be your tithe plus an offering? Is it What is it going to be? It's between you and God, but you have to establish the standard so that you can be fair with yourself. So your standard, again, should give you room to grow. It shouldn't be, you know, this is the, very, for using the example of working out again, the least you could do is just get up out of the bed, walk to the bathroom and come back. I mean, that's like the bare minimum for most healthy people. Now, if you are having a health challenge, that could be your baseline, but you have to be fair with yourself. Like, what am I really capable of doing? And let me make that my standard. And then I'm going to push the needle so that I can go above. And and then after I've done above for a certain period of time, I'm going to recalibrate and I'm going to rewrite my standard. I'm going to reset my standard, but I have to have that baseline standard so that I can be fair with myself. And having that standard empowers you to give yourself an assessment of how you're really doing. Am I really doing the bare minimum? Am I doing just nothing? Am I doing too much? And sometimes you realize you're doing too much. I've, I've been volunteering. I've volunteered not me personally using it as an example. If you say, you look, I've volunteered 80 hours a month. That, that That's a lot. That's why I don't have time to start my business. So maybe I need to readjust what my standard for volunteer hours is going to be. Maybe I need to readjust what my standard for social media time. If I look at my phone, my phone will give me uh an analytic of how much time I spend on social media. It looks like I spend seven hours a day on social media. Is that seven hours a day helping me reach my goal? Is it helping me with my emotional health? Is it helping me with my finances? Is it helping me with my marriage? Is it helping helping me with my parents? And I'm asking those questions sincerely because a lot of times we like to bash social media and say, absolutely not, it's not helping me. But for some people it is because you may find articles on there. You may see a TED talk. You may see a podcast. You may see a clip from Flow Church. You might see an inspirational quote that motivates you. And so don't just be quick to say, well, no, it's not helping me. It could be helping you, but without the willingness to ask the question and without the willingness to set the standard, you would be unfair with yourself and just say, oh, no more social, social media. I'm purging social media from my life altogether. And then all of a sudden you feel like, why do I feel disconnected from my family? Because without the analysis, you didn't realize that social media was your main connection to your extended family. You might talk to a couple of people on a regular basis, but there are some cousins, some aunts, some uncles, some people that you went to high school with who are like family that you kind of kept up with their life on social media. So don't necessarily jump on the bandwagon that everybody else is saying that it's bad. Set the standard for yourself and then judge yourself by that standard so that you can be fair with yourself and minimize the frustration in your life. You know, you have to be willing to do that. The Bible says in the gospel, that if you judge yourself, then you can be judged of no man. And it also says that you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so the same way that you would set standards for your children, the same ways that you would set standards for the people that you love, set those same standards for yourself and be fair with yourself about how you are achieving those goals. Be fair with you. So now let's do a couple more examples because I really want you to get this. I don't want you to spend another day 
being frustrated with yourself because you didn't properly measure what you were doing. So you have that baseline. You have the baseline. We did food and we did working out. Those are the hard ones. Let's talk about grooming. Let's have that baseline for grooming. So at the very minimum, these are the things you're going to do. And I'm just throwing some stuff out. You set your own standards. I'm going to make sure my hair is fresh every day. That doesn't mean you do your hair every day, that you could be wearing braids or you could have locks or you could have whatever, but you're going to give attention to your hair every day. It doesn't mean that you're going to the salon or that you're spending any particular amount of money, but you're going to set a standard that at the baseline, I'm going to give attention to my hair every day. And then what is the extra above that? What is, oh, I conditioned my hair five times this month or I got my ends trimmed. You know, that's the extra, the below, um, Below your baseline is I've had my bonnet on for a whole week and I don't plan on taking it off. I use a um, what is it called? Not not a screensaver, you know the um the virtual background. I use a virtual background when I do my Zoom meetings. I don't even have my camera on. That's going to be below your baseline. So you have to establish what that is. And so when you say I'm giving myself grace, you have to be sure that you're not using the word grace as a synonym for I'm being lazy. Because without having the baseline, without having the standard, you don't know if you're really giving yourself grace or if you're giving yourself room to not do your best. If you're giving yourself room to not perform your best, if you're giving yourself room to not experience what God has really put in your heart for your life. So before you say, I'm giving myself grace, you need to go and look at your written standard and say, well, what's the standard for me? If the standard for me is that I give my hair attention every day and I haven't given my hair attention for three days, am I really giving myself grace or am I just being lazy in that particular area? Am I just making excuses in that particular area? Or if you're spending four hours a day doing your hair and there are other areas of your life that are being left untouched, are you overachieving in that area? And maybe you need to pull back a little bit so that you won't be frustrated in another area. So that's an easy one, hair. Okay, we talked about hair, we talked about food, we talked about working out. Let's talk about friends. Let's talk about friends. If you are frustrated with some of your friendships and you feel like that you're always the one who gives and gives and gives, or you're always the one who takes and takes and takes because some friends is like, I don't want to be friends with you unless you can do something for me. You need to establish what the standard is for friendships based on the word of God. And when you see yourself going above or beneath, assess yourself and ask why. Why am I doing so much for this person without getting anything in return? Or why am I allowing this person to do so much for me and I don't give them anything in return? What is the standard for me for friendship? What does the give and take in friendship look like for me? What does the relationship, what is it supposed to look like? And what, you know, go through and ask yourself those questions and establish that baseline that this is how it works with me and my friends. We don't keep record of who called who first, but there is a pretty even balance of sometimes I reach out and sometimes they reach out. We don't keep record of who paid for lunch the most, but there's a pretty even balance of sometimes I pay, sometimes they treat. You know, we don't keep record of, okay, I've driven 10 times and they've only driven one time, but it's a pretty even swap of sometimes we go out, they drive, and sometimes we go out, I drive. There's a pretty even balance. Remember, in uh, Proverbs 11, talks about having that, well, in the new, in the Passion Translation, it says standard 
and the New English and the King James Version, it says balance, having a, even a good balance for how you do things with people. So what's the standard? Is a standard that I'm okay with me doing 70% of the work and the other person only doing 30% of the work towards a relationship? Do I want 50-50? Do I want it 60-40? You know, what is the standard there? Well, what, what What is it that God has put in my heart for how I want that relationship to work? And you write it down. You have a measure. You have a system of quality, of quantity, of value, of all of those things. And so when you feel yourself going too far to the left or to the right, instead of getting frustrated, you readjust yourself and realign yourself with the standard so that you can be fair with yourself and you can say, okay, I need to pull back a little bit or maybe I need to give a little bit more. So that's relationships. We Okay, so relationships, food, hair, and working out. What about your career? What, what about your career? Are you always coming in early and always staying late or are you coming in early and staying late when the project requires it? Are you always late and never come in early? Do you always slip out a couple minutes early and never stay late? What is the standard? Now, just as a woman of God and a woman of integrity, I would recommend your standard be that at the bare minimum, you arrive to work 15 minutes early so that if your report time is nine o'clock, you're not getting there at nine o'clock. You're getting there at 845, getting yourself all situated, getting your tea, getting your coffee, turning on your computer, doing all those things, hanging up your coat, you know, whatever you need to do so that you are ready to perform at nine o'clock. You're not arriving at nine o'clock because as people of integrity, that's what we do. And if you're end if your day ends at four o'clock that means that at four o'clock you're turning off your computer and then you're you know getting your coat and everything and you might not be leaving until 4 15 you're not shutting down at 3 30 and then sitting on the desk with your elbow on the desk tweet uh tapping your face waiting for four o'clock to come and then as soon as the clock strikes 3 59 you're walking out the door so that you're in the parking lot at four o'clock no at the bare minimum you are giving the full amount of time that your contract says that you should give because remember you reap what you sow and so if you check out early and check in late and then that's what you're sowing into your own life and you wonder why people are never on time for you or people are always checking out early for you it's because that's the standard that you set for your life so as the bare minimum set the standard that I arrive 15 minutes early and that I leave on time. Now, if you want to go above that, then keep a record of how often you're going above that so you won't get frustrated. You, it can't be that you don't get any extra compensation, but the job can always depend on you to stay two hours late and they can always depend on you to come two hours early and there's no extra compensation, but there's other people who are coming in whenever they want to and they go to lunch for two and a half hours and there's nothing. That's not fair to you. And that will cause frustration that will rob you from your mental and emotional health. You have to have a standard. So when it's your turn to come in early, you do your part. But when it's not your turn, you do your standard. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so you want to be sure that there's a good balance in your life, that you're setting standards so that you can be fair with yourself, so that you are not having frustration all the time and you feel like, oh, I gave myself so much grace. Now I feel like I'm catching up or I'm always running, 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 running. Now I'm exhausted and now I can't give my best because I'm mentally exhausted. I'm physically exhausted. You have to learn how to have that balance. And so the last example I want to give you 
is that of rest. You know, there are a lot of women who struggle with the ability to rest because we generally wear a lot of hats. We do a lot. We serve in ministry. We have husbands. We have children. We have careers. We have businesses. We have siblings. We have parents. We have social organizations we're a part of. We have dreams and ambitions and we have a lot of stuff. And there are so many women who are just physically exhausted because they are always going always on the go. And so this is the the recommendation I'm going to give to you to be your standard. And it's really, really simple. The Bible gives us an example of Sabbath, that on the seventh day, God rested. And I want you to set a standard that there is one day a week that you do less than the other days, that you block that time off on your calendar because I know you're keeping a written planner because you're an organized professional woman. So you have a written planner. Of course you do. So you block that time off on your planner that on this particular day, and it might switch. It might not be every Sunday. It might not be every Wednesday. It might be that because, you know, your birthday falls on Sunday this week, that's not going to be your rest day. You're going to switch it to Wednesday, but at least one day a week you have a rest day. And that is not a day that you go into your bedroom and close the door and your husband and your children can't talk to you. I'm not talking about that, but it's a day that you have a lot less to do. And you might make it, you might declare it family day. You might declare it workout day that you, you know, get in a really good workout that day. And then you rest and you take a nice hot shower afterwards. And then you have a recovery smoothie or you have a cup of tea or whatever you call it. It's a day that you catch up on your reading because reading for you is leisure and not a chore. You know, it's that kind of thing. I'm not saying it's a day that you run away and have a personal retreat. You might do that once a quarter, but you can't do that every week, you know. So that's one way that you can be sure that you have balance with your rest is that you set up a weekly Sabbath. And then another way you can make sure you have balance with your rest is you have to learn how many hours of sleep you need every night. Most people need between seven and eight hours of sleep. Some people can do five or six hours and some people need 10 or 11. And I can't imagine getting 11 hours of sleep with, with children, but if you can do it, praise the Lord. So you have to establish and what you do to establish that is you go to bed, sleep with no alarm clock and see what time you wake up. Do that for a couple of nights. You probably need to do it on the weekend because you got to get up and go to work or get up and do your Zoom meetings or whatever. And then it'll show you that after six hours or after seven hours, my bodily, my body naturally wakes up and I'm ready for the next, for the day. So then you establish that I need seven hours of sleep and try as hard as you can to get seven hours of sleep per night or get eight hours of sleep per night. And so when you do that, you have a weekly Sabbath and you get the right amount of sleep every night, you're giving yourself the right amount of rest. So then you don't get to every other, every six weeks or so, you need to take four days off because you're exhausted. Without having a standard of what your body needs, you will have to take those four days because your body will simply be exhausted. But when you have a standard and you're fair to yourself, you're like, I can turn off this show Thank God for the technology for DVRs. Thank God for the technology for on-demand and streaming. This show will be here tomorrow, but I need to be fair with my body. My body needs seven hours. Let me go to bed so that I can wake up and be on 6 a.m. prayer call and be ready to go. And I can watch this show tomorrow. Okay, I've already scheduled out my week. Six days are packed. On this seventh day, it's going to be a light day. I'm going to just let the day come to me. I'm going to get up. I'm going to pray. Talk to my family. We're going to have breakfast. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to 
get on the sofa with hot cocoa and watch movies. We're going to do whatever. We're going to go shopping. We're going to go out for a drive. But it's a light day. It's a day of restoration. It's a day of mental and emotional restoration that you're not doing something. That's the standard. So then you don't feel like, oh my goodness, if I can't get to the beach for seven days, I'm going to explode. Well, no, because you've had the once a week Sabbath and you've had the right amount of sleep every night. So now the vacation is great and everybody should do vacations, but it's a bonus that now you're above your standard. That's something above the standard, but the weekly Sabbaths and the right amount of rest is your baseline. So here's your homework. I want you to pick the five areas of your life that are most important. At Flow Church, we have the five-star excellence. It's spiritual, intellectual, physical, social, and financial. So I recommend that you pick something from each of those categories. Spiritually, let's just say how much time you spend in prayer and reading the word. Intellectually, how much time do you invest in becoming an expert at whatever your career or business is? Uh, Physically, how much time do you spend um, working out or doing wellness practices? Um, just whatever. You, your sleep is a part of your physical. Um, socially, how much time do you spend investing in your social relationships? That can be your family. It can be your girlfriends. It can be your mom, your sisters, whoever. And then financially, how much attention do you give to your finances? Do you spend way too much on food or are you not spending enough? Here's a good one. Do you spend enough money on clothes? Do you spend enough money on clothes? If you have discretionary money and if you have a clothing budget, have you updated your wardrobe or are you still wearing the same things that you were wearing uh, six or seven years ago and money isn't an issue? I'm not talking about if you're saving for a new house or you're saving to buy that investment property or you know you want to buy so many shares of stock and so you've kind of put a hiatus on your spending. I'm not talking about when you're working on financial goals. I'm saying you have the money but you just don't see a priority for looking nice. Well, you represent the kingdom of God. And so you looking nice is not just about you. It's about how you represent God and his kingdom. It's about how you represent who you are and what you stand for. It's about representation. And so sometimes we have women say, oh, I spend way too much on clothes and stuff like that. Then we have women who don't spend enough. So you have to ask yourself, what is the baseline for my wardrobe? What's the baseline for my appearance? Am I being fair with myself? And as moms, we do this all the time. We'll go to the store and we'll buy, 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 buy for our children and not buy for ourselves. And guess what? Those little people are going to grow out of those clothes. You're going to spend, you know, $300 on summer clothes for those little people. And then by the end of the summer, they can't wear that stuff. So it would be okay for you to spend maybe $250 on them and $50 on yourself so that you can get a new blouse or that you can get, you know, whatever it is that you need to get to keep yourself looking current, to keep yourself up to date. Just putting on that nice, crisp, white, new white blouse. Y'all know it's like when you get a new white blouse, or a new white t-shirt it's crisp it's fresh you like I'm ready for a photo shoot you know you you need to do that on a regular basis you cannot put yourself on the back burner that's false humility God said to love your neighbor as you love yourself with the same effort that you love on your family with the same effort that you spend on your family and to spend it on yourself as well so they need to be a there needs to be a baseline for how much you spend on you and you can't go overboard and spend too much on yourself but you surely shouldn't be on the other end spending too little on yourself what's the baseline, what's the standard, and then be fair with yourself. If your children 
have the brand new whatever, whatever, the, um, you know, Jordans or Crocs or whatever it is your babies have, and you still wearing the same Dr. Scholl's flip-flops from 1983, there needs to be a standard. There needs to be a baseline. You need to be fair with yourself and go ahead and update those flip-flops. Dr. Scholl's has made some new and improved ones since the 80s, and you can even get that same style, but just get a different pair, a newer pair, because you have to be fair with yourself. Pazavita, you're being so silly. I am so serious right now. I am so serious. It does not glorify the God who has a cattle on a thousand hills when he has given you the provision to take care of yourself, but because of false humility, you refuse to do it. You need to take care of yourself. There needs to be a baseline and God is a provider. Love always provides. God provides for you in the same way you provide for your children, the same way you provide for your spouse. If you're married, you need to provide for yourself and make sure that you have been fair with yourself with how you spend money. So we've talked about spending money, shopping, hair. We didn't talk about makeup, but you can lump it in with hair. But all of that, I want you to, in those five areas, spiritually, intellectually, physically, socially, and financially, I want you to pick one for each category and just write down a standard so that you can begin to be fair with yourself. And you will notice that your frustration level with yourself will begin to be, be minimized because you have something written by which you measure yourself. You're fair with yourself because you have standards. And we're just going to make a bold confession for the month of the rest of this month and for next month, I will not get frustrated with myself because I'm going to look at my standards and I'm going to live according to my standard. Remember, our standard is not pie in the sky, the very best. That's room to grow. Your standard is your baseline. Like at the bare minimum, this is what I need. Well, I pray the word blessed you. I had fun teaching it. I would love to hear your testimonies about how setting standards and learning to be fair with yourself has blessed you. So please send those things to us. We would love to hear from you. If you've never worshiped with us, please join us this Sunday at Flow. That's not right. Join us this Sunday at live.flow-church.tv. Pastor Russell is always so tickled when he listens to my podcast. He's like, you just will say stuff and be like, nope, I'm wrong. Nope. <laughs> I'm just so free when I'm teaching the word of God. I feel like you ladies are my community, that you don't have any requirement of me to be perfect, that you only ask that I be faithful and I ask the same of you. So I don't mind and I don't get frustrated with myself when I make mistakes because as long as I'm giving you sound word, that's the baseline for me. If I have to repeat something because I said it wrong. I'm totally okay with that because I'm fair with myself. I'm not going to get frustrated with myself over something like that. So join us this Sunday at live.flow-church.tv. If you want to hear more word, we'll be so happy to hear from you and to see you there. Um, We have online hosts that'll be there to greet you and interact with you. We have morning prayer every day, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. We have study groups and all this information is available on our website. So go to our website and get all this information. You can also get information there about being a giver because I encourage you, woman of God, you want to be a giver. You want to be a giver not just to the church. You will also want to be a giver in your community. You want to be known as a philanthropic woman that you left a legacy, that you left a mark with the finances that God has given you. So I encourage you to give to this ministry, but also encourage you to give in your community. Um, there are so many opportunities for you to do that. And we as a church community are doing some kind of philanthropic work all the time. And you can always be a part of that. You can join a study group. You can join us for women's ministry. We have men's ministry for the men in your lives. We have leadership ministry. We have children's ministry. We have marriage ministry. We have so many ways to minister to you and your family because that's what we're called to do. We love you. 
I hope you have a fantastic day. I declare that you will not be frustrated with yourself because you're going to be fair with yourself according to the standards that you have prayerfully set for yourself. Have a wonderful day. I love you and I'll talk to you next time.